Tomorrow, the Hamilton Tiger Cats and Winnipeg Blue Bombers will take the field at the 107th Grey Cup in Calgary. Today, Morley Scott is live from the Grey Cup Festival with interviews and in-depth expert analysis. This is Saturday at the Grey Cup, brought to you by Crystal Glass and Jiffy Lube on 630 Chat. Back in Calgary on the festival site, it's the Stampede Grounds. Uh, I see it's getting dark out there as I look out, but it's also getting loud out there as well. The party seems to be uh, cranking up. Look what the wind dragged in. Uh, I don't know. I got some uh, green and gold hair. I got some red and black hair and some green and white hair. So you can tell the three teams that are represented here in front of me. Uh, also, all wearing number five jerseys. Uh, you're the, the red blacks one's kind of suspect, right? A uh, little bit iffy. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> uh, all right, let's uh, let's introduce first number five from the Edmonton Eskimos. Yes, uh, Andrew Hoskins from the Eskimo Empire podcast, also known as the Eskimo Glen. And uh, you are all part of the Wandering Glens, correct? That is correct. Yes. Uh, number five in the Ottawa Red Blacks, which is just a fantasy jersey. Yeah, we basically. don't we don't really know if he would have chosen five, but uh, Janine Richard from the Mouchoir podcast, which is a Red Blacks podcast, representing the Kevin Glenn that could have been an cool. Ottawa Red Black. Indeed. And in the uh, green one. <laughs> uh, Stephen Safanuk from the Pipples podcast representing the Ryder Glen, the only one he stayed with three times. That's true. Uh, that's true. He that's kept true. going back. Yes. He liked you so much, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's uh, okay. Y'all got a plug for your podcast. There you go. But you got to promise to listen to the ePod now. So Absolutely. I got a plug for that's my right. podcast in there. Excellent. So uh, first off, give me your uh, give me your Great Cup experiences this week, uh, Andrew. You start. When did you get here, and what have you been doing? I got in on Wednesday, and uh, and it's been fantastic. Actually, we had uh, our meetup uh, party on Wednesday night. And then uh, Thursday, of course, we uh, got to hit the Spirit of Edmonton room early. Uh, and that was kind of where we really did kind of debut the Wandering Glens, and, uh, which was great. It's been really, really fun to meet up with people and, and kind of get, you know, bring the league together. And I saw you guys at the Spirit Room, and you do have one for every team, right? Absolutely, yeah. We have one for all nine because Kevin Glenn is the tie that binds all of us together. And uh, he, we can say that at some point or another, he was either part of or was at least signed partially by our teams. And so each of us have our own team jersey with uh, Kevin Glenn on it. All right, we're going to skip Janine for a second and go to Steve. Uh, your week, how's it been? Oh, it's been an absolute blast. I've basically been doing most of the same thing that, uh, that Andrew's been doing that Wednesday to Saturday now straight through. The best part about this getup has been people just walking by randomly seeing a guy with the green and white hair going, you're one of the Glens," and just <laughs> it's an instant conversation starter. Fantastic. Now, Janine, you had to come the farthest. How many Grey Cups have you been to? This is 13 in a row for 13 me. In 13 in a row. 13 in a row, oh, yeah. And that's more than you guys, right? Yeah, I'm, absolutely, I'm yes. Guessing, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, 13 in a row. I started in 2007. I grew up in Winnipeg, so I did grow up a Bomber fan. And in 2007 in Toronto was uh, the infamous Kevin Glenn broke his arm, actually. <laughs> and so Dinwiddie uh, Yeah, he got watched the that start. from the sidelines, right? Yeah. Yep. And I watched it with tears in my eyes from the, uh, from the stands. So that was my first Grey Cup and just decided to make it a thing every year. It's just such a great Canadian party. How can you miss it, right? Yeah, it, it is. I, last year was kind of the first one I'd gone to since 2015. I worked in 2015 too much because the Eskimos were there. I worked too much last year because Edmonton was hosting it and we were doing all sorts of shows. Uh, this year, I had a lot more time to wander around and I just loved it. Like, uh, I spent about two hours down here yesterday. It was beautiful, sunny, 12 degrees or so, and everybody just stopped and talked to you and everybody's just talking CFL football. I think that's what is so cool about Grey Cup Week that it's just evolved 
into this thing where it's just a giant CFL convention at some point. You know what? I think that's the best. I think that's the reason that we keep coming back. When you talk about Janine being here 13 years, I'm going to be 10 next year. And it's just, you just keep coming back because you come back to see your family, your, your CFL family. And when we come here and be able to, like you said, hang out with all of these people from across the country and even outside of the country, all cheering for different teams. But when we're here, we're all here for the CFL. Steve, how many are you come to now? Uh, well, this is actually my first in a row. Uh, I missed <laughs> last year, but I've, I've got to be around 10 Grey Cups now, 9, 10 Grey Cups. But your first in a row? First in a row. I had to miss last year in Edmonton. And Congratulations on hitting that milestone. It, it was tough. It was real tough. <laughs> yeah, did you drive or fly? I flew. You yeah, flew? Always. All right. That's cool. Uh, what, do you got, uh, what do you got planned for game day tomorrow? Anything? Game day is always a little bit of a quiet day. I think a lot of people might be hurting a little from too yeah. many of the parties yeah. all week yeah. long. So during the day, it's t typically for us anyway, it's a little quieter. We'll probably head down to McMahon around around 3 o'clock, 2.30, 3 o'clock, and get in our seats and get ready, wander around a little bit, check out the vibe at the stadium. But uh, quieter day, I think, tomorrow until game time. And then uh, I'm just really looking forward to a close, exciting game tomorrow. Yeah, we'll talk about the game in a moment. First, I want to get all your takes on... We, we, I, I imagine you've heard Randy uh, Ambrosi this week at yes. certain events. Uh, he told us earlier on the show we had him on that uh, he had about 40 engagements to speak this week. Uh, his message has, has been think big. He's pushing CFL 2.0 as guys who follow the league closer than most from the fan side of things. Give me your take on where the CFL's at right now. You know what, it's really good to see that the CFL and football taking off worldwide. We were actually uh, walking around yesterday and met up with, and I can't remember his name, but the, the head of British football, and we were chatting Wandering Glens and talking about the, the Gridiron uh, Association that they created. It's, it's nice to see this, this league take off and to actually have that, that thought that it's not this little second-place league to the NFL, that we really are the, the greatest football league in the world. Biggest now, too, with all those uh, teams coming on board, this international gridiron league that they've kind of formed is, is pretty cool, actually. And it's neat to see now guys going the other way to play. There's, uh, I That's think they I'm said about, about 25 Canadians will be playing in different associations uh, all over the world next year, which is great. I'm excited to have them go down and actually have some success and then possibly turn around and come back. And when we, in that three, four year span, when we see everything kind of come full circle, that uh, that's the part that I'm really excited about, actually. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think it's such a great way to grow the brand of the CFL outside of Canada as well. And, I, you know, I kind of like his motto, why not think big? Um, you know, some are saying you're not really seeing the global players make a mark yet because for the most part, they're on the practice roster. They're not really making a big difference in games. But I think you got to give things time to evolve. They have to have time to learn the game, get in the, have, have the opportunities to get into the game. And a good way to do that is for us to export some players down yeah. to these other countries as well and have sort of that cross-learning and cross-pollination. So I think it's I think it's great. I, I'm all for CFL 2.0. I think a lot of people are on the outside looking in because they haven't seen that tangible evidence yet, the monetary value or whatever. But now you're seeing players go the other way. I think people will start to catch on. And uh, we'll see. We still need to get, I think, the the global players more involved in games because not many of them played much. Uh, well, the guy I, in Winnipeg did a lot, but yeah, that's, you know. But you know, the one thing that I that I kind of relate it to is that when you when you draft a guy. He doesn't always just come in and play right away either, um, like when you're drafting a Canadian guy. And sometimes you have to wait that two, three years until he kind of grows into being able to play that position and, and be, do well at it. And I think we're in that first year of, of that with these global players, and we can see them actually now in the next few years.
players becoming more active. Right? And next year there's going to be two on the roster and it's going to force coaches to have to use them a little bit more because of the small rosters, of Absolutely. course, in the CFL. We're talking with Andrew, Janine, and Steve, uh, three uh, super CFL fans who are uh, at the Great Cup uh, this year. Uh, Janine, what's going on in Ottawa? Well, Ottawa's had a tough year. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows that. Uh, you guys took a lot of our players, so uh, <laughs> so maybe I should I be think, mad at you I for it. We didn't take them. <laughs> they, they chose to they leave, chose. I think. That's yeah, what yeah, the, yeah. No, it's been a rough year in Ottawa, for sure. Um, and it's been hard, actually, to talk about football in Ottawa, as, as I do on a weekly basis, because fans in Ottawa are pretty mad. Uh, they, there's a lot of blame that they're throwing, particularly at the general manager, for what happened this season. And I think a lot of us in Ottawa have forgotten that we're a six-year-old franchise who has been to the Grey Cup three times and won it once in that six-year history, and that's nothing for us to be ashamed of. So certainly in the off-season, we're looking for a lot of moves to be made in Ottawa, and um, I think if we don't, as a fan base, see a lot of moves in the off-season, it's going to be really hard to talk about football next year, but I'm personally feeling optimistic about the off-season and what we're going to be able to achieve there. Uh, the GM's under the gun, though, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. He's on a he's on a short ro on a short leash next year for sure. Um, I personally am one of the people that didn't see a need to fire him uh, because, again, he made some mistakes this year, but got us to the Grey Cup three times. We won it once. I don't think we can forget about all of that either, yeah. but he is definitely on a short leash and, this and year. And pro sports is cyclical, right? So he, he built it once. Now let's see if he can build exactly. it again. Exactly. And if he can't... you got to give him that opportunity. Exactly. And if he can't build it again, well, then then I think we have the right to make harsher judgments. Yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm willing to give him a second chance. Give him the opportunity, but he's got a short leash, right? Exactly. Uh, Steve, I heard there's a there's a petition in Regina about moving the goalpost to the back of the end zone now. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. I refuse to mention the word goalpost at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a tough year went sour in Regina, didn't it? Uh, or a good year, rather, went sour. You know what? I don't remember the last time I left a playoff loss. Not really upset, because I look back to the beginning of that season, losing Chris Jones, we lost a few players, Zach Caleros gets hurt. We were not expected to take the West. We were not supposed to be the number one team in the West. And yet there we were come, come the end of the season. So it's really hard to look back at this year and be upset. Yeah, I'd love to be playing tomorrow night, but still a successful year in my books. Yeah, the Saskatchewan win and an Eskimo win last Sunday, that would have been great for a Calgary Grey Cup, wouldn't it? I mean, Yeah, they might have burned down McMahon yeah. before yeah. Sunday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the, maybe, uh, maybe not the greatest yeah. thing. Uh, all right, so it's that's not the case, so it is Hamilton and it is Winnipeg. Let's uh, Before we let you go, let's get your predictions on the game. Steve, go first. I, I gotta go Hamilton. I'm going... 48 36. Oh, nice high scoring. Wow. Two good defenses, and you're calling a thousand points. Yeah. That's good. That's cool. <laughs> Janine. You know, I've been saying all week I'm, I'm going with Winnipeg, and I, I know that Hamilton is the better team, top to bottom, but I remember Great Cup. 2016, and I remember the Calgary Stampeders were supposed to Do you take remember it. 2015? No, Morley, okay. I don't remember that one at all. I remember 2015. I have amnesia about 2015. Uh, but I remember 2016, and I remember the better team, top to bottom, was definitely Calgary. But the way that Winnipeg won those two, the, both the Western semifinal and the Western final, just they just showed heart and grit and determination and a desire. Like, they know that they belong in this game. And I just... Maybe it's the Winnipeg girl in me where I was born and raised, but I just, I got a feeling that they're going to be able to pull this off. 
Andrew? Uh, I got Hamilton in this one. Um, I think it will be a close one, though. I think not quite as high scoring as uh, Steve. I'm, I'm going to go with uh, like 27 to 22 for Hamilton. But I, I think I think it'll be exciting. There'll be a lot of back and forth. I think there'll be a lot more exciting defensive plays than we expect. But I think it'll be a fun game. I'm calling 30-24 for Hamilton. Not oh. quite as high scoring. I think the defenses uh, will make plays that will win the game yeah. uh, for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, what are you guys doing tonight? You going to Spirit tonight? Uh, tonight, I am. I, I think actually the the Glens are trying to make our plans, but we'll likely be hitting uh, either BC Lions Den or uh, Stamps House again. Uh, we've been to Spirit the last couple of nights, so we'll see how things go. The beautiful thing about the Wandering Glens is they're welcome everywhere. Absolutely, and the thing is, is it, it may not always be all nine of us. They could like, yeah. we could have four going to one party and five going to a different because we are wandering. That's what we're supposed to do. Exactly. Uh, you've been to the Spirit, though. You heard Spoiled Rotten? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's Spoiled Rotten did great, and uh, I was there today for Love Guns, and that was outstanding. It's just an amazing show that they're putting on there. And the breakfast this morning was outstanding, too. I had a great time. First time I've been to one. Loved it. Uh, yeah, that was my fourth. There's a lot of people loving it a lot more than I was, I'll tell you that. Yep, that's what they're supposed <laughs> if to If you do. know what I'm saying, Absolute right? Sociable, yes. All right. Uh, Andrew, Janine, Steve, thanks, guys, for uh, coming over. Appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the game tomorrow. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, man. All right, Appreciate guys, it. great stuff. Uh, coming up, we talked about Spoiled Rotten. Coming up, we'll talk to Spoiled Rotten. That, as we continue here from Calgary, this is Saturday at the Grey Cup on 630 Chet. Tonight, your Oilers take on the Vegas Golden Knights. Face-off show at 6. Puck drops at 8. Brought to you by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 600 five-star Google reviews. Call 780-4-FAMILY. This is Saturday at the Grey Cup with Morley Scott. Brought to you by Crystal Glass and Jiffy Lube on 630 Chad. Back in Calgary, it is uh, Grey Cup week, and they've done a terrific job uh, hosting Grey Cup week. Uh, it's all been down on the stampede grounds as far as the festivals go. Uh, they've got all the team rooms, like the Spirit of Edmonton, all in one area in the BMO Centre. So uh, if the lineup's too long in one, you can go to the next one until you can get into the last one. Uh, everybody's there, and it is a great place to hang out because you uh, see all sorts of, uh, uh, of people there. Uh, the costumes are fantastic. People are dressed up. Uh, their team costumes are just fantastic so uh, it has been a great time for sure now if you've gone to the uh, uh, Spirit of Edmonton room in the last oh 10 years you probably know who Spoiled Rotten are uh, they're basically the uh, Spirit of Edmonton house band now uh, they are performing regularly and again this year they've been asked to play the Spirit Room they're from Moncton and here's the story about how it all started in Moncton with Touchdown Atlantic back in 2010. Uh, 2010 was uh, quite interesting we were kind of on hiatus I guess as a group we had played for years before for years and years weekly and then uh, kind of had a, a call uh, you know fall of uh, 2010 was it and next thing you know uh, we're getting together again we, and like we weren't worried uh, we hadn't played together as a group but we were all playing our own little deals and uh, well Steve and I kind of said let's do it and we checked with everybody Rhonda and uh, the Keith and uh, and it was uh, Steve at the time Steve uh, Kitch Kitch and they, and they approached us uh, right after their first set kind of blew our minds kind of what you want us to follow you to the Grey Cup in Edmonton it was Edmonton the following year so I think that's kind of how we got the uh, 
the red light, the green light. And you've been, for lack of a better word, the house band for the Spirit of Edmonton room ever since. Uh, for a decade, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, and that first, like he said, the first year when we played that Touchdown Atlantic in Moncton, and we played and they said, do you guys want to go to Edmonton in November for the Grey Cup? We were excited. We came. And that first, I think that first night in Edmonton or that first weekend in Edmonton or that first Grey Cup was, you know, it went so well. And it just, we connected with people. It just, it was great. It just worked, you know. It was the right yeah. the right chemistry. Like, uh, the band has a chemistry. Um, and I know that the spirit of Edmonton and the room has a chemistry. It always did on its own anyways. Yeah. But the the band and, and the people that were coming to the spirit of Edmonton seemed to have a good chemistry. And it just seemed to be a good fit. It was just a good fit, you know, like. And, and you guys haven't missed a year, right? Since 2010, you've been every year. Yeah, yeah, we straight on. And sometimes there was a little doubt a couple of years. You know, the first years, it's a committee, and we, we, we respected that. It was all good. And, uh, you know, we get the call a couple of months before, you guys available. It's like, of course we are. We've marked it in our calendar. Like, we've got, a, we've got the next 10 marked if you want to book those ahead of time. You can do that, you know. Uh, so we've been like really, uh, you know, we don't take it for granted. We uh, we still wait for the invitation, and and we're still ha- super happy to, to 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 oblige. You know, it's uh, it's a thrill. We love it. I'm a big sports fan, and uh, so it's it fits for me for sure. You guys obviously got the Eskimo fans now, right? We are now, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> right. Uh, for us on the East Coast, actually, uh, you know, there's there's no team, and and this touchdown Atlantic was, uh, of course. Uh, the city of Moncton had uh, the spirit of Edmonton come in uh, to kind of show them, help show them how to host that event because Moncton didn't have any experience because we don't have a lot of CFL stuff on the East Coast, right? So, uh, so for me, even at the time, like the CFL was. Um, all new to me. I was just learning about it, you know, because we've been, you know, it's a bit better now, actually. It's 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 changing. Yeah. But at the time, 10 years ago, yeah, on the East Coast, it was, yeah. you know, you had the real sports head that watched the CFL or whatever, but, but I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't as, you know, if, if, if you didn't watch sports on TV all the time, you might, you know, you might not know, or you might not follow it, or you might miss it, right? So, so I learned a lot from, from all that, for sure. Yeah. Tell me about the band. Uh, what kind of music do you play? We've stuck to our guns since day one. Uh, I guess uh, kind of a classic party rock. I, I tend to call it that sometimes. Maybe a little edgy. We've we've got hundreds of songs we can choose from, which we've been like uh, like I was saying that we were not or we're accumulating these songs and never throwing them out because you never know when you're going to need these classic songs. And we've it's been our bread, bread and butter. It's classic. Canadian, a lot of Canadian content rock, rock, not that there's anything, we play all kinds of the music, but it turns out that probably 70% of the songs are Canadian content, content you know. Is, is there something you guys play that gets this room going more than any other song? I, I, I don't know if there's specifically um, a, a, a certain song or whatever. I think uh, what happens is like, like with us, there's some songs that yeah, have stories. Um, like, for example, um, 
it's been a tradition now. Every year on the Saturday night, the last song of the whole event is Pink Floyd, The Wall. And we get all the committee people up on stage with us in front of the crowd. And we do that song. And that, that's been a special. And I think people expect that people know that that's going to happen because we've done it every time so that's a cool a cool thing another couple notable moments too uh, that happened out of this by accident was i remember one night uh, we, we were playing and we were playing a tragically hip song and uh in the middle of the song there's kind of like a jam sort of thing and this particular night, I don't know why, but on the guitar, I started playing in this jam section. I started playing O Canada within the jam section. And the band kind of followed along, and then the crowd started singing, and then we all stopped playing, and everybody was singing. And it was loud, and it was huge, and then it finished, and we all kind of looked at each other and kicked back into the hip tune, and it was... So we kind of kept, we've done that again, which we've tried to relive that again. So there's been these moments where, there's these special moments where, and that's when you feel like the crowd's really connected with what's going on. And there's a, that's cool, that energy going back and forth and people are in it, you know, they're, they're paying attention. That's great. That is uh, Jean-Marc LeBlanc and Steve LeBlanc. They are two members of Spoiled Rotten. They'll be playing and have been playing for many years at the Spirit of Edmonton. If you're coming down, make sure you catch them for their final performance tonight. we got another half hour coming your way. This is Saturday at the Grey Cup on 630 Chet. Return to Morley Scott and Saturday at the Grey Cup. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube and Crystal Glass on 630 Chad. Coming up in the final half hour of Saturday at the Grey Cup, we're going to hear from former Eskimo quarterback, now Winnipeg Blue Bomber quarterback, Matt Nichols. He only gets to watch the game because of injury. More from Matt and how he feels about that going uh, into the game as a spectator uh, coming up. Right now, though, we're going to bring in uh, Reed Wilkins, who is uh, back at uh, Ched Control, getting set for the Oilers uh, game tonight. Uh, Face-off show will go at 6.30 as the Oilers uh, road trip continues in Vegas. Hey, Reed. Morley, I'm curious to see what Matt Nichols is going to have to say. Pretty uh, disappointing turn of events for him and uh, I guess he's kind of been through some tough injuries at other points in his career uh, career as well uh, you know I, I don't know what good for him that he got traded to Winnipeg because at the time Riley was here and and I thought even with him at the quarterback uh, at quarterback the Bombers would be a, pr- a pretty good team this season and, and now it uh, Kalaros is kind of the main story who would have thought that six weeks ago and not Matt Nichols quite a oh, quite yeah. a journey for Matt uh, not always I, I mean I know he's he's a tough guy he's 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 staying with it but a lot of what ifs in Matt's career to this point and in his future too with his contract up after this season as well so and you think you go back read to 2015 uh he was a member of a real good Eskimo team and he came in when Mike Riley was injured and he went I think five and two five and three maybe but five and two for sure uh and uh helped them you know get first place in the CFL West, helped them get to the Grey Cup, but got traded uh, in September of that year and then uh, sat back in Winnipeg and watched his former team go to the Grey Cup. And now he's uh, on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a team in the Grey Cup, and 
He's doing the same thing. He's just watching because uh, he can't play because of injury. So it is a tough break for him for sure. Uh, we'll see how uh, he bounces back. I think next year in this offseason, Reed, last year it was the, the high-end quarterbacks who were all free agents and were on the move with Bo Levi Mitchell and Mike Riley and uh, and Trevor Harris, of course. Uh, now it's that next grade of QBs, I think, headed up by by Matt Nichols. And, and they're kind of going to be uh, all free agents and on the move. So it is going to be a real interesting offseason this year for sure. Yeah, I think so. And then, it, well, Hamilton, I, I don't know what Mazzoli's status is, but are they going to keep both Evans and Mazzoli? Will, will they uh, will they pick a guy? That's going to be another storyline to watch uh, as well. And with some of the backups who came in and did well, because some of those guys, you know, are, is a team like Calgary going to choose to keep our buckle? Could they dangle him in a trade because he did uh, he did decent? So, yeah, there's going to be a lot of things to watch for sure. And Ottawa needs a quarterback. Never mind anything else. Well, good else. point, they yeah. need a quarterback. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, all right, what's your call on the game? All right, well, after much deliberation, Morley. <laughs> well, <laughs> You didn't I, flip it, a it coin, was, did you? Be, what's that? You didn't flip a coin, did you? I did not flip a coin, though though close, because early in the week I, I thought, well, I'm going to pick Hamilton. 15-3, and three, they've been able to beat, I mean, almost everybody, and in some cases have beat other good teams handily throughout the season. And then I started thinking about some stuff, and, and maybe I'm probably being a little stubborn here, but preseason, and I, and I rarely get both teams right, I actually picked a Winnipeg-Hamilton Grey Cup. Really? And I actually picked Winnipeg to win. And I thought, well, if I pick Hamilton, that's kind of weak because then I can refer to one prediction or the other and say I'm right. So I'm choosing to be consistent. Okay, and I'm going to stick with Winnipeg. So a little bit of stubbornness there. And as you know, Morley, I have always told anybody who will listen how good I think Zach Kalaros is, going back to when he was with Hamilton. Mm-hmm. And every time I said that, he would get hurt and not finish the year. Like, I think a couple of years I picked him to be the MOP, and he'd never finish the year. And yep. then at the start of this year, it looked like, okay, that's finally it. Like, that's finally it for Kalaros. Head injury, play, only played 90 seconds of the season. Who's going to take a chance on this guy? Well, Toronto kind of did. And then Winnipeg totally has. And, you know, I, I still think he's an excellent quarterback, Winnipeg is a very physical team. They can run the ball. I think it's going to be a really close game, but I think Winnipeg is rolling a little bit like the 2005 Eskimos. The last third-place team to make the Grey Cup uh, was the 05 Eskimos, who were a good team but really put it together at the end of the year. I think the Bombers are going to do the same thing. I will take Winnipeg 28-24. All right, and as I said last night uh, on your show, I'm taking Hamilton 30-24 to 24 is my prediction. What do you got coming up on the face-off show tonight? Oh, this is going to be good. Uh, we got the Oilers and Golden Knights uh, at 8, face-off show at 6.30. You'll hear a little bit from James Neal, who was an original Golden Knight from, uh, from a couple of years ago. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Oilers trying to bounce back from from that awful game against the Los Angeles Kings. Of course, Rob Brown in studio. We'll have uh, John Shannon, and we'll visit with Jack and Bob, too. All right, that's at 6.30. Game time, 8 o'clock tonight. Thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, too. See you. All right, uh, Reed Wilkins, uh, host of 630 Chet Inside Sports and uh, the host of the Faceoff Show coming up at uh, 6.30 tonight here on 630 Chet. That's a little less than an hour from now. Uh, 
man, I've been talking about the fans and the fans that I've seen all over the place here. I spent some time on the grounds yesterday, and I, I tracked down some fans that I had to talk to. First off, I, uh, I found this group of Hamilton fans, and they have a great story about how they decided last minute, in fact, in the fourth quarter of the game last week, to come. Here's a group of Hamilton fans I found yesterday and talked to. We were planning on the fourth quarter, making sure that the Cats win. My brother booked our flights, and now we're here. <laughs> so it was a last-minute thing. During the fourth quarter, we booked yeah. in Tim Hortons Field, yeah. got our tickets, booked the flights. We knew we had it. Never been to a great cup in our lives. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. What do you yeah. think so far? Oh, we're so excited and ready for the game on Sunday. How about uh, the weather? Weather's been so Oh, exciting. today's been beautiful. Yeah. I think it's warmer here than it is back in Hamilton, so can't complain with this right. weather. Yeah. What's got to happen on Sunday for a Ticats win? The MOP, Speedy B, he's going to take us there. Return game, that Evans to Banks connection. Is there a better connection in the CFL right now? I don't think so. Uh, what about on the other side of the ball? What is, does, does Winnipeg have a chance? Okay, so I have a soft spot for Zach Claros. When he was in Hamilton, I thought he was going to do it. I yeah. uh, feel for the guy. I hope he has a great game, but doesn't win. All right, I hear there's some sort of chant that you guys do. Oh, yeah. Do you know that? Oh, yeah. Can you uh, can you do that for me? Absolutely. All right, on three. One, two, three. Oski wee wee! Oski wawa! Holy Mackinac! Tigers in a there you go, the world-famous Oski Wee Wee chant from some uh, Tiger Cat fans. I love that. They were at the game on Sunday. Uh, Tiger Cats are going to win. They pulled out their phones, got a hotel, got themselves a flight, got themselves a ticket to the game, and they came to Calgary to watch their team in the Great Cup game. Great decision by them. They certainly were having a good time. Now, in the interest of fairness, after talking to some Hamilton fans, I had to go out and find some Winnipeg Blue Bomber fans. We bleed blue. Like, we were born near there. We love it. We were raised there. Our grandparents were Bomber fans. Our parents are Bomber fans. And we are Bomber fans. It's genetic, yeah. All right. Definitely. I'm going to ask. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come this way when I ask this question and say, does anybody remember 1990? <laughs> it's been a long time, hasn't it? It has. Yeah. Do you actually, do you guys remember that game? I remember the 92 game and kind of like the West final. I think Winnipeg was was a, Matt Dunnigan hit the uprights and I believe Gerald Wilcox was open in the end zone. And I was just a little kid, but I remember that and that's why Winnipeg lost. And that is why Winnipeg is in the Grey Cup this year because yeah. the Riders hit the uprights. Yeah. Excuse me. At least we're better than Saskatchewan, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> you got to shoot higher than that, don't you? You can't just say at least we're better than Saskatchewan. You want to win the Grey Cup. That's what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be trying to do tomorrow uh, when they play the Hamilton Tiger Cats here in Calgary. So there's uh, both sides of the fence fan-wise. Here's another uh, couple of fans. They're Ticat fans. They're from Ontario. I saw them yesterday. Uh, they're an older couple. They're walking around. He's dressed up as a, a football. He's got a big blimpy football costume on. And she's dressed up as the Grey Cup. It was a fantastic costume. If you want to see a picture, there's a head to the 630 Ched Twitter page or my Twitter page and have a look and see what their costumes look like. Uh, here is a conversation I had with Cherie and Steve. We're from Brampton, long-time Hamilton season ticket holders. All right, excellent. Uh, how many Grey Cups have you been to? Uh, only about 10. Only about 10. Only? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, since we got to early retire, then we could come and do this as a full-time job. <laughs> 
Tell me. It's a week off to embarrass our kids and grandkids, you know. Right? Well, looking at the costumes you're wearing, it appears to be working. Tell me about the costumes. Now, you're dressed up as a football, and you, this is a spectacular costume. You're I'm actually the Grey Cup. I am. I'm his trophy wife. Oh, nice. <laughs> I always say that before he does. Um, well, actually, my daughter did do a Grey Cup um, outfit two years ago, so I thought and I'm usually a big inflatable tiger. So I thought this year I would be the Grey Cup because she's not coming. So I made the costume. Started about three weeks ago finished in time for our eastern final and it brought us luck didn't it it did yeah so, you beat the eskimos that's right yeah. we did sorry guys yeah. I, I had my picture taken with a bunch of eskimos though when we were there the ones that showed up for the eastern final so, oh, that's so great they got their, their picture taken with the gray cup <laughs> they still they still got their picture with the gray cup that's kind of cool you've been long time ticket holders season ticket holders well we've had them for 22 or 23 20. years yeah yeah but before i've been going to the game since i was five years old so that's 55 years old ago Right, so I noticed being there last week, man. The town's really, uh, they're re really hyped up about the Ticats this it's year. It's back like it was in the 70s, you know, 60s and 70s. Uh, the town is on board, everybody's behind it, the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're so, so how are you enjoying things so far? Oh, we're loving it. Calgary is super. All of it, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, last year I loved Edmonton and I love some of the things it did, and Calgary's just taking it up from there, continuing all the great traditions. It's been so much fun. We we arrived yesterday, and we have been a lot of things since we got here. And you said you're going to the Spirit of Edmonton tonight? We'll go to Spirit of Edmonton tonight, and we'd like to thank all the volunteers, because it was just like in Edmonton last year, volunteerism uh, is what brings us to the games, right? So, All right. Okay. I'm guessing you're predicting a Hamilton win on Yes, we are, yes. I predicted the game almost. Actually, against Edmonton, I said 36-21. Uh, it was 36-16, so that was a good guess. And yes, the Ticats are going to go, and we're going to party like it's 19. 1999, because that's the last time we won the Grey Cup! <laughs> oh, what's got to happen for the Ticats to win? Defense. Defense has to win it, but uh, yeah, we got to control special teams too, because Winnipeg's got some great special teams. Uh, O'Shea's always got some tricks under his sleeve, right? So, yeah. Guys, thanks. This appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. We will. Thank you very much. Cherie okay. and Steve from Brampton uh, walking around in great costumes yesterday. Lots of great costumes. Everybody's wearing jerseys. It's just been a great atmosphere here in Calgary all week long. When we come back, we'll talk with. The starting quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who is not the starting quarterback of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Matt Nichols, when we come back on Saturday at the Grey Cup here on 630 Chet. We return to Morley Scott and Saturday at the Grey Cup. Brought to you by Crystal Glass and Jiffy Lou on 630 Chet. Bombers and Ticats tomorrow in the big game here in Calgary for the 107th Grey Cup Championship. Uh, interesting story at quarterback for both these teams. Jeremiah Masoli for the Ticats and Matt Nichols for the Blue Bombers were the starting quarterbacks at the start of the year. Both teams had their teams in first place. And then both got injured, both done for the season in the first third, around the first third of the season. And that brought in uh, Dane Evans for Hamilton. And then Chris Strevler for Winnipeg and eventually Zach Kalaros for Winnipeg, who will get the start. So it's Kalaros against Evans in the game tomorrow. Uh, Matt Nichols doesn't get to start in the game after leading the uh, Blue Bombers to the early start of the season. Tough situation to be in. I saw him this week, had a chance to talk to him, and he says, hey, he's at the Grey Cup with mixed emotions. I mean, obviously. 
obviously I'd love to be out there, um, you know, but roles change and, and you know, things happen that are out of my control and uh, yeah, you can go one of two ways with it and for me is uh, you know, still going at five in the morning and help the quarterbacks, uh, you know, help them along as much as I can to give this team the best chance to win. Um, you know, it's something that's you know, truly bigger than me and so, you know, I'm nothing, you know, me not playing is not going to, uh, you know, affect me of, um, you know, really taking in this full experience. I know how hard it is to get here. This is my 10th year in the league and this is the first one I've gotten to go to. So, um, you know, really just soaking it all in, enjoying it with my teammates and uh, there's so many guys that I love and care for on this team that I want to see them get to play in this game and so, um, you know, that's, that's the approach I've taken is just really enjoy every moment. Um, obviously, you know, wish I could be playing, but I plan on playing this game uh, down the line and, and uh, right now my role is to you know, help out in the meeting rooms, help out on the sidelines, and try and make sure the guys are ready to go. You don't, you can't play in the game, but you still have a role, and I guess that's the what you have to wrap your head around, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, it's nice when you see, you know, a couple comments you make during the week, uh, game planning wise, and see those show up on game day. Uh, you know, you never know what's going to be that one thing that you know maybe sticks in Zach's head or sticks in a receiver's head that can help make a difference. So for me, that's my approach. Is uh, um, you know give all the information of everything that I'm seeing and things that we should be doing and um, you know, just, like I said, do anything I can to, to make sure everyone's fully prepared to, to go out and play a good football game. What's the update? Shoulder, right? What's the update? Everything on track to be ready for next year? Yeah, I mean, a couple, probably a couple weeks ahead of, of what's expected right now and uh, uh, that's kind of how I like to operate in, in rehab. You know, I, I attack it full steam ahead and um, you know, it's just one of those things where uh, you know, it's just something that I got to do right now, but uh, you know, it's feeling a lot better, especially the last few weeks. Made a lot of a ton of progress, and um, you know, right now on track to be you know, fully healthy March or the April. And so, um, you know, not gonna affect my off season really. I don't usually start throwing until April, anyways. And so, uh, you know, obviously just kind of ruined the back half of my season, which yeah. obviously sucks. That uh, you know, felt like we had the best team we've had here in years, which we do. And I was having the best year of my career, and so um, you know, all those things are a little disappointing. But at the same time. You know, they're out of my control, and, and uh, what I can control is rehab extremely hard every day and, and get back to get on the field. And you know the mindset. You've been through it a couple of times with some – this injury doesn't look near as bad as the horrific ones you had when you were in Eskimo. So, obviously, you, you know the mindset, and you know you can wrap your head around getting back. Yeah, I mean, when you you know, when you play 10 years, uh, you're going to go through a couple things. I mean, um, you know, for me, it's always just looking at guys like, uh, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, all those guys have gone through torn ACLs and hurt shoulders and broken fingers and all that stuff. When you play this long, those types of things are going to happen. And, um, you know, it's really just having the right mindset of attacking it every day, which which I do. And it's not easy rehab, but, um, you know, it's a, it's nice to just have something to kind of compete with myself at every day. And, and uh, you know, it's just something where it's unfortunate I didn't get to finish the season, but, you know, I, I fully expect to have, uh, you know, four or five good years left. Let's go back to the Western final. Last three minutes. I mean, some of the most exciting football you're ever going to see. Where were you, and how'd you handle it all? Yeah, I mean, instant classic uh, type of game, and uh, you know, on the sidelines with all the other offensive guys, where we were, you know, screaming and yelling and celebrated two or three different times, and uh, you're holding your breath there at the end. I mean, we've 
you know, and credit to our defense. We've been in that scenario a few times the last couple of years where, um, you know, either we need a big play on offense or we need a big stop by the defense, and we've we've come up a play or two short uh, the last couple of years. And you know, our, for our defense to stand up and make really three goal line stands uh, throughout the course of that game was just unbelievable. And obviously, there's a difference between you know losing the West Final last year to to go into a Great Cup this year is uh, you know doing big parts of our defense standing up and making those big time stops. Zach Kolaris has really made an impact, hasn't he? It's amazing how a guy can come in that late at that position and make such an impact. Yeah, for sure. I mean, credit to him because uh, you know he spends a lot of time in that building. Um, you know, I try and help out as much as I can, bringing him along. Especially, you know, I, I've been in uh, the same offense as him in the past, so I can kind of you know, use that terminology to help describe kind of reads and stuff to him. And um, yeah, he's done an unbelievable job. I, I was in that situation in 2015, you know, not not the same situation where you're going into, you know, you need to win a game and win some playoff games, but having to pick up an offense, you know, really in a week and then go out there and perform. And uh, so I know how difficult that is, and um, but it is doable. I mean, I felt like I you know, had a pretty good handle on, on that offense when, when it happened to me, and uh, yeah, he's a very smart guy. And it's nice when you're a veteran guy because, you know, he doesn't have to learn defenses and, and all the nuances of the game. He's just got to learn some terminology, and uh, he's done a great job with that and made some big-time plays for us. That's Matt Nichols, who unfortunately for him will not be playing in the Grey Cup game tomorrow. He'll be watching. It's an interesting quarterback matchup. Uh, Dane Evans for uh, the Ticats, and uh, he will be uh, going up against, uh, of course, Zach Kolaris. If you want to hear more about uh, that matchup, head to 630Ched.com. We've got some bonus coverage because we're out of time. Travis Lully talks about the quarterback matchup. We'll also hear a great interview with Jim Barker up at 630Ched.com, too. Longtime coach and manager in the Canadian Football League. Plus, Edmonton-born Jeff Heck will be playing for the Blue Bombers tomorrow. It's Winnipeg and Hamilton. My prediction is... Oski Wee Wee! Oski Wawa! Holy Mackinac! Tigers in there you go, 30-24. I'm calling the Hamilton Tiger Cats to win Grey Cup 107. My name's Morley Scott. Thanks for spending the last couple hours with me. Enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody.